Hi, and welcome to Relatable, a podcast dedicated to simplifying the complexities of modern everyday relationships. What if being great at relationships was easy for you? How would that change your life? How would that impact the people you love? I'm Fiona Lukies. Join me as I pull back the curtain on how easy it is for you to up your relationship game so you can enjoy effortless relationships with anyone in your life and become more relatable. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Relatable. I have a beautiful, gorgeous guest for you today, the wonderful, wonderful Rebecca Johns. Rebecca is someone that I have known. She came into my life around six years ago. I think we were just chatting back. It was 2014. And, um, you know, Beck was going through um, some issues with with her husband at the time. She'd been seeing... They had been getting some help and um, and I remember when Beck rang me and she said, um, Fee, uh, you know, a friend of mine came across your, your site. I don't know if you can help us. We have been seeing someone but they recommended that we separate and we really don't want to. Uh, and I, and I hope that you can help me or help us. And I remember being really struck by that. I really remember that conversation and, and being gobsmacked that you'd been advised to do that when I always felt that that was up to you guys. So there's been many twists and turns in, in Beck's story since then. And, you know, I've had a number of people email me sort of saying, Hey, Fiona, I'm enjoying the podcast, but I'd really like to hear from someone whose marriage has broken down and and what, what that journey has looked like for them. So Rebecca has kindly and courageously agreed to share her story with us today and so I just want to wish wish her a really big welcome and say thank you so much for being here. <laughs> You're welcome V. it's lovely to be here and thanks very much for wanting to even talk to me on the podcast. I feel very privileged. <laughs> I know that relationships and talking about them can be confronting for people and, and as you know Beck, I'm on a really big mission to change the amount of shame we have around talking about whether relationships are working out or not or whether we're getting help or not. You know, there's so much kind of misunderstanding around that, that we're meant to be good at them, that we should know what we're doing. And so I really, really appreciate you coming on board and sharing your story with us. If we go back to the time when we first came across one another, do you want to just share with me where you were at at that time? What was going on for you? Yes. uh, we then husband uh, and I were having issues in our marriage. Uh, We, you know, just weren't really communicating. We weren't feeling close. Because of the nature of the work that he does, I thought he might have had a little bit of PTSD or I thought it was a personal struggle and he was saying he was personally struggling with life and generally and um, that was impacting our relationship. And so we had decided to seek some assistance from a counsellor and we had had, he'd had a few sessions on his own with the counsellor and then the counsellor wanted to come, um, me to come along as well. And so we started doing a few joint sessions together and it was at that time and it was at one of those sessions that, you know, I did always approached the counselling with a lot of hope. And when I went in to this particular session, we were essentially, as you said, told that, you know, maybe we should separate. Well, that's the message that we got, whether or not that's what he said, but we both came out of there feeling that 
well, maybe we should separate. And we sat there and looked at each other and said, well, we don't really want to, you know, separate. We don't really want it to end and maybe maybe we should. You know, like there was this outside judgment on it saying, you know, you'd be better off apart or whatever. I was just really crushed that my hope had been taken away that you go to this person and you look to them, hopefully, that they might be able to save your marriage or help you save your marriage. And, you know, we just kind of got that, eh, sorry, you know, <laughs> no, we can't help you, off you go. And, uh, and that, was, that was pretty crushing, actually. I can only imagine, as you say, hope is such an important and powerful part of this. And many people, yeah. by the time they come and see someone, that's, what, that's what's they don't have anymore, right? They, they don't mm. have a lot of hope. So that's when I called you. It was, you know, fortuitous that somehow I managed to end up calling you. And our one conversation, the thing that you did give me back was my hope. And I thought, great, we're going to work with Fee. Now, that was just the beginning of the story because I think we'd already started to have some um, conversations with you. Uh, and I think I might have had one. I'm not sure if my ex had come along then but it was during that period of time when we just when we started and then I um I became aware that he'd been having an affair you know there was some cheating going on (laughs) so Mm -hmm. so that was sort of when the world you know shifted my foundations felt as though they were crumbling everything that I had known and I'd thought about the past the present and the future just was completely obliterated then that was a different type of journey that had to start going forward and I'm very grateful that I had already found you (laughs) by the time all that had happened and then yeah it was that story of yeah rebuilding from there. And I know understandably when you found out about that that you were pretty angry and hurt and also at the time and I think this is really important you weren't sure whether you wanted to, what you wanted to do, whether there was a way that you could move past that together because absolutely an affair is not necessarily the end of anything. I have worked with couples where that has happened and actually that's been enough for them to have a fresh start where it's, they've both taken a really good long look at each other and gone, hang on, this is not what we want and that's been enough to jolt them out of wherever they've been and they've been able to go in another direction. So I I know at the time you weren't sure what you wanted to do and and what you were also dealing with was other people's opinions of that, what they think you should do, that if that if that was them, they would leave or they would do this. And and of course, as with anything, we never know how we're going to respond or how we will feel unless we are in that exact situation. Yeah, because one moment I was hopeful and then the next minute everything had changed and, uh, and the playing field had changed. But you don't just switch off the love that you have for someone just because they have betrayed you. And I knew that I wasn't ready to make that decision. For me, surprisingly, because I would have thought, right, that's it, they're out. You know, I'm a pretty <laughs> cut-run person. I guess it's a testament to the depth of my love for that person and for our family and what I wanted in life, that I wasn't willing just to say, okay, that's it, it's over. I remember you saying to me, Beck, 
you can't make or it's not a good time to make decisions when your head is full of all of these thoughts and it's just noisy in there. You need to give yourself time to come to a decision about what it is that you want to do. Be open to what that decision is going to be, whether it's one way or the other. But whatever you do, try and make it from a quiet place, <laughs> you know, because my, my feeling, you know, obviously my head's going round and round and round and then my feelings are going up and down and up and down because I'm feeling my thinking and, and I knew what was happening and so I just needed to give myself an opportunity to make that decision and so we didn't separate straight away. I mean, we had an initial separation because of a shock and that was for a few months. Uh, it wasn't just my decision. It was a joint decision that we had to make and I needed to give my ex a, an opportunity to make a decision of what he wanted to do. And we got to a point where we both a few months later said, well, let's just see what happens and see if we can rebuild and go from there. We tried that and... His inner wisdom and mine as well and how we work through that next, it was probably 12 months from the initial breakdown. I can remember that by the time I got to that decision and there were things along the way that to me were indicators of what my next move was going to be uh, and what I could live with and how I could move forward with life, it helped me come to a decision that, no, that's it, the relationship needs to be over and I think he wanted it to be over but he didn't really know how to say it in words. Yeah, and lots of little things. And can I, you know, I, I find it really interesting what you've, what you've shared about that journey because I think the fact that you were able to see that you weren't in the right headspace to make that decision and that you were okay to wait until that had changed for you. In that time, you were able to still live your life with that amount of uncertainty. You know, as human beings, generally, when we've got a lot of uncertainty and we don't know, we rush to decide so we can feel better. We rush to fix that uncertainty and sitting in that isn't something that we overly enjoy. So I think that that's incredible that you were able to do that, Beck. And I know during that time, there were lots of ups and downs we were obviously at that time talking about how we create our experience as human beings, that we live in the feeling of our thinking. You said the words inner wisdom. Over time, wisdom would show you what was the right pathway for you. You didn't have to force it. That sense of urgency was something you were able to ride out until you got clarity. Would, would that be a fair description? Yes, don't get me wrong, it wasn't easy to sit in that uncertain space and I did go up and down and my thoughts were still going and, and I'm sure that that's probably part of the reason for both my ex and I why it didn't work out because we were both feeling our thinking at the time and, and there was tension and it wasn't easy. Yeah, it was just a, a really difficult time but I think what the key was, was that it's okay not to make a decision and to take your time. And that, for me, gave me space because I didn't have to tell myself, well, you've got to make a decision because this is what happened. So therefore you make a decision because you're in control. Well, 
control is <laughs> a bit of a facade sometimes. <laughs> we like to think we're in control. I just allowed myself to be able to do that because I didn't have to make a decision and neither did he. And I didn't think it back then. But now I think, well, it's commendable that both of us wanted to give it a go. Not just me, even if I was the wrong party, but him also. It didn't work, but at least he wanted to. Uh, and some people don't have the luxury of that decision. They have somebody who decides they want to go into another relationship with another person and then the other person's just left standing there. And that, that would have been you know, enormously difficult, I can't even imagine. So even though it was painful, I think it could have been more painful. So what do you think helped you get to that place where you were okay with not making a decision, where you were able to give yourself the time and space and not let those initial thoughts of he's a this and how dare he that and I'm this and, you know, all of that, as you say, noise, able to let that pass on by and almost wait for something else to show up. I just think naturally I'm a person who didn't want to not give everything a red hot go before I walk away. I didn't want to look back and say, I didn't try hard enough, I didn't give that a go, or I I guess I didn't want to have regrets. (laughs) Whether that was right or wrong, I don't know. I just wanted to be able to live with my choices and the way I handled it because that determines or is a part of who I am. Uh, And I just, I really wanted to do the best that I could in the circumstances and and then I can look back and say you know what we tried we really tried and can say to my kids we really did love each other and we really did try but it didn't work and that's okay and I can live with that. So do you think and I guess that's what I'm trying to understand here for you is do you feel that conversations you and I were having about where our experience of life comes from, the nature of thought, clarity of mind, the power of a good feeling, why those things matter so much in how we show up to the world, how we see things, the understanding that it's not something kind of external to us that creates the feeling, even if it's a a partner who's had an affair, which most people would say, no, 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 that's the thing, that's definitely it. You know, these are the conversations you and I were having at the time. Do you feel that those things helped you navigate that, the ups and downs of that time? Absolutely, absolutely. Because I think you just said then having a good feeling and I think part of our conversation you said, you know, you should always make a decision when you're in a good feeling because the decision is always going to be a better decision to make and and that's something that really struck a chord with me because often when we're not in a good feeling we're reacting and the way to get in a good feeling is to really understand where my experience is coming from and having that understanding of where my experience comes from makes it less personal takes that suffering that we put ourselves through away or it lightens it and then that creates a space 
in order for a good feeling to rise to the surface. And when that good feeling rises to the surface, I think we make better decisions, not just for ourselves, but for everybody around us. That's what helped enormously and still does because I understand where my experience is coming from. And I'm really just feeling my thinking. And the more noisy my head is, the less I'm able to let the inner wisdom come up and be revealed, I suppose, in a lot of ways. Yeah, my life and my experience is not external, it's an internal experience. And that I can understand that. I think it's really just understanding it. That's the key. Just understanding it and then rest. Mm, That's beautiful. I love that. Understanding it and then rest. Yes. And this is something that I say a lot in my client work and programs. It's understanding that creates change. And the more deeply you understand something, the less concerned about it we become. You know, when there's understanding, there's no need for conflict. When there's understanding, there's, you know, upset doesn't impact you as much. So, you know, I love what you just shared then. I think that's so helpful for people. You're saying, you know, when you understand where your experience comes from and being in a good feeling really struck you. When you say a good feeling, you're not talking about being happy and positive and and kind of that kind of a thing, are you? Do you want to just explain for someone listening who may not know what that means, what you mean by that? Yeah, I think it's peace or quiet. And even though your life might be frenetic and you're busy with kids, I think it's just moments of, I think it's like the shoulds, like, you know, we've got so many shoulds in our head and we impose a lot of pressure on ourselves and I think having the understanding it just takes away the pressure I think that good feeling is just not having that self-imposed pressure on ourselves that we have to do something or we have to be something uh, that we have to do something Uh, I think that is for me what a good feeling is because it's just lighter Life's a lot better when it's a lot lighter. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is because a lot, thinking carries mental weight, doesn't it, right? And we don't realise that. Thought, yeah. when we've got a lot of thinking, it's, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's... Tense. Yeah, tense and you don't realise you're showing up that way all the time and mm-hmm. the more you show up that way, you just get that mirrored back at you everywhere. You know, and I think what I love about what you're sharing is your ability to see that, and that's something that I talk about a lot, the power of a good feeling because, you know, and I love that. It is. It's, it's a sense of peace and quiet. It's almost the space between your thoughts. It's this lovely space that we all have inside us where we don't really have much on anything, yet we're deeply connected to the moment. And it's from there, because we live in the feeling of our thinking, that it's, you know, for me, it's a great indicator that I have the best thinking possible right now to deal with whatever's in front of me. And that's a handy thing to know as you're going through something as tumultuous as the breakdown of a marriage, as, as, as making life-changing decisions, etc. You know, it's, it's knowing, and we've talked about this a few times, haven't we, that 
when you've got the best thinking available, that that's probably the best time for you to look at what makes sense next. What's the best decision? How are you going to move forward? And that when you're full of upset, anger, noise, all those things that don't feel so good, that's probably not the time to have a conversation or make life-changing decisions or, or anything like that. And I think it's also about that bandwidth when we are feeling the pressure and the weight of our thinking that we just don't have the bandwidth to deal with a lot of things and then things happen in life and therefore we respond to those because that's our natural way of interacting with life and the bandwidth that we have in our interaction is <laughs> marginalised and so therefore, yeah, it's you, you spread very thin, I suppose. That's life. We, we react to things that happen, you know, like I don't just... Things, terrible things might happen and I don't just cruise on through. Like, of course, I have a response to that. And, you know, I'm a chronic overthinker. I'm constantly in my head working things through. But the difference is that it is a lot more short-lived. It's a lot quicker for me to realise what's happening and how what I'm experiencing and for me to get back to that equilibrium. So I'm not saying that I don't react because I do and I'm human and I don't get, you know, angry or I don't get upset. Those gorgeous human emotions are wonderful. We're meant to experience them because that's how we experience life and I'm Greek. So, (laughs) but I take myself a lot less seriously and I can come back to, I guess, that equilibrium, I like to call it, uh, a lot quicker and then I, you know, can make better decisions or I don't suffer as much (laughs) as I used to, I suppose, when I was stuck in my head. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it sounds so simple, but it's so profound, isn't it? Understanding when you have clarity of mind and when you don't. Mm. And, you know, that simple understanding for me, I just do not, I could be feeling frustrated by something my husband or one of my kids has done. And I know that the frustration I'm experiencing is coming from my thinking about it. I know based on the quality of the feeling that I don't have clarity of mind. That's why that thing looks that way. It's going to look completely different when I have clarity of mind. I imagine for someone going through what you were going through, dealing with the emotions of, you know, the up and down emotions I'm not going to say what they were because that's your experience, but the, you know, anyone listening here, how, how you would respond to finding out that this is what's been going on with your marriage and do we want to stay together? Where do we go with this? Being able to navigate the ups and downs of that and recognizing when your thinking was clearer and when it was not, because you guys get along pretty well these days, don't you? Yeah, we do. Surprisingly, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and he's a great dad he's a really present dad and uh and in divorce I think that's a gift you know that the other partner whether it be the mum or the dad want to be good parents they want to be there they want to be present they want to be involved in that respect yeah he's he's a wonderful dad yeah we're managing the co-parenting Thing as best we can. Let's not. You know, I'm not saying that I don't 
suffer grief sometimes. There's tense moments and conversations and still react to one another sometimes. It's it, it, it's just different. It's, uh, yeah, it's hard, hard to explain. To me, it sounds like you don't have the residue. Often, and I, and I see this as a, as a big thing when there's conflict in any relationship, there'll always be a bit, bit of residue. You get over the conflict, but you still got the memory of, yeah, well, they did mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. she said that and that happened and therefore, mm-hmm. and it's like that, that sticks around. And so the next time there's conflict, that just gets brought in like a big tumbleweed and you just kind of throw it in the middle and say, well, I'm angry, not just because of what happened right now but everything that's happened for the past and I'm just going to bring it into the conversation now and and that makes sense it's what enables us to feel justified and as soon as we feel justified really Mm. hard to see things differently and I think what's amazing about you Beck and we've had lots of different conversations and I've definitely spoken to you when you've felt triggered or upset by something that's happened but you've been able to get past it and let it go. And, and I know someone listening here right now would say, but why would you let that go? Why wouldn't you? You've got every right to be angry and you've got every right. But, I, you know, as you and I have said many times, it's like, yeah, I do, but I have to live in the feeling of that upset. And mm-hmm. the people that pay the price for me holding on to stuff are the kids and mm-hmm. the people around me that love and support me because I'll get caught up in my upset, they'll get caught up in my pain. And then all of a sudden there's this whole group of people that are caught up in this and feeling the effects of it. And I think what is extraordinary, a wonderful, wonderful thing is that the two of you have been able to move past that and still be friends and real friends, not pretending for the sake of the kids, but actually really getting along. And so your, you know, your children are the ones that benefit from that. He's repartnered, you've repartnered, but you're still able to be friendly. Your children move easily from home to home. And there is that goodwill, right? Mm. There's goodwill, which Mm. I know for a lot of people listening in would be like shocking. How can there be goodwill when someone does something? Yeah, because all I'm feeling, if I think about what happened in the past, I don't feel good. It just brings back through time how I was feeling back then. And I feel the same feelings now because I'm having the same thoughts and the same memories. And so basically all I'm doing is bringing it from the past into the present. And I don't like that feeling. I didn't enjoy that. And if I hang on to the every right, well, sure, rights are important, (laughs) but sometimes they're not helpful. and Right or not, I'm the one who's bringing those feelings and thoughts back to myself and to the present and I'm the one who has to live in it and that causes me upset and it would cause me to feel those same insecurities that I felt back then uh, about not feeling adequate or something was wrong with me because, you know, I wasn't good enough at something or I, I didn't do this or it wasn't that or... And, and I don't need that now because it's, un, it's not helpful <laughs> and it's not true. I guess by leaving that behind means that I don't suffer now. But I'm not saying that I don't have boundaries and because I decide what's okay for me and what's not okay. And is it okay to treat me this way or not okay to treat me that way? So it's not like because we are friends now, that I have diminished my ability to have boundaries 
or to determine how I want to be treated. In fact, I think it's stronger now than it ever was because I know my worth and I recognise that and what I understand what's okay for me and what's not okay. I still have those conversations with my ex now. It is okay to be this way and it's not okay to do that. You know, it's, it's, we can be friendly but we don't take, don't take liberties or we need to be conscious of each other's partners so we need to work within those parameters as well. And so it, having that friendly relationship with my ex does not mean that I'm diminished or that I'm a doormat or that sort of thing. In fact, it's quite the opposite. And we can do that with respect and kindness and and just get on with it, just get on with parenting. And it's a two-way street. It's not just me. It's him also. You know, he could be much more difficult, but he's not. And I think that's a reflection of, okay, if we both approach it this way, then we both try and I encourage him to be a great dad and he encourages me to be a great mum and we give each other space to try and do that because it's what's best not just for him and I but it's best for the kids as well and they're the ones who don't uh, have to experience that constant tension and animosity. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Beck. That's beautiful. Um, you're absolutely right you're very clear on your boundaries and and I'm so glad you said that because so, so often people listening will kind of think but if I'm not upset that means I'm being a doormat or I'm being beige or I'm just letting people walk all over me and it's like it's not at all when you're connected to the moment when you've got that clarity of mind that's not full of lots and lots of different thinking it's really clear where your boundaries are it's really clear what makes sense to you what doesn't it's much easier to say something because you say it with conviction people hear so differently when you speak with clarity and conviction and there's so much clarity to be found when you're in a good feeling you've got clarity of mind and it is possible to find it in amongst the turmoil in amongst the upset in amongst the chaos and I think that's what you're saying isn't it that you were able to see that even when life might be challenging and speak from that place. And I think that there's often this view that it's actually easier to dislike your ex. Like it makes it easier for you to get on with life to dislike your ex. Um, now, I, I don't have any of the feelings that I had for my ex, no matter how much I loved him at the time, I don't have those feelings now but I can still have feelings of friendliness and friendship and understanding and all those sorts of things. It really is a different space that we're in, I suppose. But I don't have to hate him while I do that. And just because I don't hate him doesn't mean I love him. (laughs) It's not one or the other. (laughs) So you can actually go backwards backwards in terms of we were lovers and now we're friends you can because who says you can't why can't you why can't you be like that why why can't you have that I think the important thing here is that I could have really driven how our relationship going forward was going to be because I could have been 
really angry all the time. I could have been, I hate you, get out of my life, I don't want to have anything to do with you, all those sorts of things. I could have driven that and that would have been how it would have evolved going forward if I decided to respond in that way. But because I chose to respond a different way, he responds to me differently and the dynamic of our present and our future is very different. So one person can make a difference in a relationship. Whether you want to stay or whether you want to go, you can still, that one person can still make the difference. And it's not always going to be rosy because that's not how life works. But it can be mostly rosy. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. That's so hopeful for people who perhaps maybe are going through a separation or a tumultuous time in their relationship to know that that is possible because it is when you're not caught up in the justification because let's face it, you could easily have looked at everything that happened and decided that was enough evidence for you to be upset, for you to be angry, to you, for you to be bitter, for you to, to go down that path. And I think that's what so many of us do. We look out here and say, well, because of this, this and this, I have every right to be upset, I have every right to be angry and I have every right to be bitter. You know, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. But I think one of the things, the few things that we understand is that when you do feel that way, you have to live in the feeling of that. You live in the feeling of those emotions each and every day and that 100% impacts the quality of your life and the people in your life. Whether you're saying the words or not, you know, I often have people say, well, I'm upset but I didn't say anything. It's like, yeah, but, you know, it's, it's the energy that you come from, the spirit that you come from that people feel. It's not so much the words, mm. it's the spirit mm. behind the words. You could be feeling one thing and trying to say all the right things, but if the feeling isn't a match for the words, then it's the feeling that's going to impact the other person. And so there's this genuineness in what you're sharing that I just love, honey, and thank you so much because I think that's so hopeful for people that absolutely one person can make a difference. And, you know, when you understand where your reality is coming from, you understand the power of a good feeling. And I have people say this to me all the time. Now I know how good I can feel. Why would I want to go there? Mm. Why would Mm. I want, it just doesn't make Mm. as much sense to me now to get so upset and to carry that and to live in that space. I mean, I can, but I'm the one that pays the price for that. It's Mm. my quality of life. And Mm. absolutely when we've got children, it's their quality of life that gets impacted. I just want to quickly wrap things up because I remember you and I being in a store together. (laughs) We were in a, and it's a long story as to why we were in this store, but we were in a Ralph Lauren outlet store a number of years ago. And you came up to me and I just thought this was gorgeous. You came up to me and you said, it's your fault that I'm now buying, I think it was two or three polo Ralph Lauren shirts for my ex. I mean, who does that? Who spends money on their ex, let alone buying two or three polo shirts. This is your fault, Fiona. I'm holding you responsible. And we, I remember us laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, dear. Yeah, that was funny. It was your fault. (laughs) But I have to say that now in my current relationship that uh, it it is, um, it is different. It is very different in the way in which I approach things and, uh, I mean, I'm still me. I'm still 
fiery Greek, but uh, <laughs> but I guess we just don't get so hung up on each other's emotions and we don't take things as personally and we are more gentle with life. I know I'm more gentle with life, more gentle, more under, understanding. I don't know if it's because I'm older now, not that old, but older. <laughs> uh, with him, I'm a lot more gentle and a lot more understanding and and he responds a lot better to my gentle response rather than my anxious response. So it's been enormously wonderful, you know, to work with him and also now a teenage daughter. So that, that's fun. <laughs> Teenage daughters, it's a whole other thing. Yeah, teenagers. Yeah, so it's not just um, relationships with exes or current partners. It's relationships in general, just the quality of those and the way we experience them. And it's a lot more pleasurable for everybody, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much, Beck. I think what you've shared today will be so helpful for so many people. If you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, but what do they mean by understanding where our experience comes from? What, what do they mean by we live in the feeling of our thinking? You know, if you want to know more about that, I've just released my brand new online program, Relatable. You can go to my website, fionalukis.com.au forward slash Relatable and find out about that. All the details are there for you. When you have an understanding of where your experience comes from, when you have an understanding of the way things work, we, we do feel calmer. We have more bandwidth to handle each other's emotional reactions. Understanding and compassion are a more organic, natural reaction as opposed to getting upset and, and insecure. And I, I'm like you, Beck. I can go from zero to 100 and experience all of those things. But it's knowing that it's a temporary experience. It's knowing that when I'm, when I'm in that feeling that that's, that's, I'm not seeing things in the most helpful, healthiest way, that there's a better thought coming and therefore a different reality if I'm just patient because I understand the way I work. I understand the way human beings work and we all work the same way. And really what you're saying is you've been able to carry that understanding into each and every relationship, the one with your ex-partner, with your current beautiful partner, Bex just recently got engaged uh, and, you know, with your children and friends and, and family. And I just think that's just, so the ripple effects of seeing this just go on and on and on, don't they? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, having compassion and understanding, I think that's what this brings to me is a compassion and an understanding uh, about the other person and what they're experiencing as well. Yeah, so. beautiful. Thank you so much, Beck. Pleasure. Um, Thanks for yeah. having me. <laughs> Anytime, darling. And thank you for the hope that you gave me and that has therefore continued to give me for relationships generally, which is lovely. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Relatable, where we are committed to taking the stress and confusion out of relationships. If you're keen to find out more, the best place to start is to head on over to my website, fionalukis.com.au, where you can download my free Relationship Masterclass video series or join the waitlist for Relatable, my brand new online program where I personally take you through how to have a great relationship with anyone.